Baltimore Rooters podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fortin Oilers. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the T.O. Swiggins, also known as the Junkyard Dog, and you can't change that. All right. Well, we got our little bum because we just watched the Bruins and Lightning's game, and they lost pretty bad. Well, not bad. It's like they didn't play effortlessly, but they just they should have had it. I mean, they had a chance to come back in. Just didn't go their way, but we'll get into that later into the show. What should we start off with? Oh, and also, we're doing a little special tonight a non Boston sports or sports related topic, but we'll get into it later on in the show. All right. Let's get into some news. All right. I'm just going to say, get this off my chest now. Let's see. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. All right, so let's get into the Patriots news. All right, so free agency is nearing. Yeah, it's looked like more rumors of Tom Brady are coming up. Yeah, it's just will we leave? I mean, it's looking like he is going to leave. I mean, did you see the did you see the video with him talking to Dana White, UFC commissioner? I mean, he's trying to convince him to come to LA or Las Vegas. And the and the and there was also a video too about um, him and Julian Edelman were at the Syracuse um, at Syracuse game basketball game and they're having a FaceTime with a uh, uh, Titans coach uh, Mike Barable, who used to be Tom Brady's teammate and is now the coach of the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. Well, let's play the let's play the Dana White video. I do like Dana White though. I mean, let's see or um. Listening to the interviews he has with the uh, Barstools of uh, Robbie Fox, who's US, who's the UFC guru and uh, um, and also kind of like a nerd too at the same time, kind of like Star Wars nerd too. It's, it's just at the same time I am, I am about to pretty much kick people's ass. Here we are. Here's the Dana White video. Just would love to have you here at the Raiders. The stadium, the facility is incredible. The training facility that they have outside of Vegas is unbelievable. It's a 45-minute flight from L.A. Your kids and your family can live there. You can fly back and forth. We want you to come to the Raiders. Um, that, that's You know I've been pitching you now for for a month. I love you, too. Come on, brother. Get to Vegas. Thanks, man. I know it's been a lot of patience for me. Um, and obviously, being where I've been for 20 years, it's been an amazing experience. And I don't know what the future holds right now. And I mean, I mean, at this rate, I mean, I'm not really sure why people, I mean, seriously, I like, oh, whoa, he's talking to Mike Verbal FaceTime. Well, that means he's going. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes I talk to former teammates from Harlem via FaceTime and stuff like that. And some of them are coaches, but that doesn't mean I'm going to leave my job and like be, that's, that would be fun to do. That would be actually fun to be part of college programs like some of these guys are. But at the same time, I'm at, it's stupid. That doesn't mean anything. That really doesn't. They could just be talking. I mean, 
who knows? They could just be talking, just talking, just catching up. It's just, ugh. People are stupid. Kellerman is an idiot. Everybody on ESPN, Nick Wright, they're all stupid. They all need to be lose their jobs and need to be fired. But they won't because ESPN is stupid. ESPN is stupid. Fox Sports is stupid. All of them are stupid. Seriously. These are the same people that have elected Obama and are probably going to elect people like Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. Seriously. These are the same people. It's just it's already bring politics into this, but at the same time, it's just there is a reason why the IQ of our country has gone from this high to this low. People are turning more, more, and more dumber. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where Brady's going. Heck, he could leave. Heck, he could retire. Heck, he could come back next year. Who knows? Who really knows? But all we can know, I mean, yes, at the same time, I meant if he does leave, it it would suck. But you know what? I will move on. And Patriots says we will have to move on too. I mean, at the same time, I mean, it stinks. But you know what? Think about it. I mean, and there if there are Patriots fans who think that uh, Brady leaving is a good thing, you're a dumbass. I'm sorry. You're dumb. You're dumb. Uh-uh. Seriously. If you're glad that he's leaving, why are you a Patriots fan? I mean, this guy has brought so much glory and so much prestige to this franchise. And, I mean, it's just at the same time. And this is why – and this is why um, the last 20 years or so for me and being a Patriots fan, it's just been like, blue skies are done, done, done. Or something like that. Blue skies are gonna clear up. Put on a happy face. Like that mode. Just like everybody's just like, um, oh, what a beautiful morning every Sunday. Yeah, like, oh, what a beautiful day. Like every Super Bowl win the next morning. That's how I feel like just singing like, oh, what a beautiful morning. If you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, what a beautiful morning. It's from the musical Oklahoma. Like, you know, at the beginning, how he's riding the horse, he's saying, oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. That's kind of what I feel like every time, every Sunday, every Super Bowl Sunday, the next month or the next day, which is Monday, how I, that's how I feel every time the Super Bowl or the Patriots win a Super Bowl. That's how I come in at work every day and how I, even when I, yeah, every day, yeah, just, oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah. And that's why I have appreciated Tom Brady. Has he messed up? Yes, he's he's human just like you and me. He has to stay, deal with the same everyday problems just like you and me have to deal with. But you do have to admit it. The reason why the Patriots have been so good these past 20 years and are one of the top franchises in the NFL is mostly Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, but mostly Tom Brady. And it's just... We don't know what's going on. We'll find out once free agency happens on March the 18th. Other news, um, looks like um, I heard a report saying that Kyle Van Noy might be pursued by the Giants once uh, free agency starts. And, oh, yes, um, Devin McCourty's brother, Jason McCourty, has been has his op- club option picked up by the Patriots for this season. So he'll, he will be back. Or technically will be back, depending if they don't trade him or not, which could have possibly happen. But for now, it looks like Devin McCourty or Jason McCourty is coming back to the Patriots. So, yeah. 
Let's bring both of them back. I heard that Devin McCourty might be heading off too, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see come March the 18th. I thought it was March the 12th, but now it's the 18th. I'm, I don't know where I heard March the 12th, yeah, but yeah. Any other Patriots news? Yep. All right. Uh, let's get into Red Sox news. So it looks like Chris Sale will not need time. Well, let's go over scores, spring training scores. So the last time we talked, ooh, like my voice, ooh, our last time we talked, here we are. Red Sox. All right. Go up, 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 wait up. All right, so they played on Sunday last week and won that game 4-2 to two against the Atlanta Braves. They almost blew it, though. Yeah. Then on Monday, March the 2nd, they played the Detroit Tigers at their spring training facility, at the Tigers spring training facility, and ended in an 11-11 tie. Then they played on Tuesday, um, March the 3rd, at Yan- or at the Yankees uh, spring training facility against the Yankees and lost that game 9-1. to Then they then the Tigers came to a JetBlue Park at Fenway South and basically beat up on the Red Sox 13-9. to Then the Astros came or showed up and lost 5 nothing. Then they went to Atlanta or went to the Braves complex and lost 7-5. to And then today they played a split squad action. And the first game they played was at JetBlue Park against the Blue or against the Blue Jays, and they won that game five to two. So they broke the losing streak, first one since Sunday, and then they lost to the Phillies at the Philadelphia Phillies um, spring fit, spring train facility ten to two, and then they don't play again until tomorrow against the Twins at uh, JetBlue Park. That game on Nesson. Yeah, it is, but it probably won't matter because we gotta do something in our church tomorrow. Yeah. Gotta practice up today. Yeah. Alright, so as I said, Chris Sale looks like he doesn't need Tommy John, but still I meant they might Yeah. It looked like they were taking putting him on the IL because of the pneumonia, but now the elbow problems are coming back again and they're wanting to know or like they're trying to figure out what they need to do with Tommy John and stuff like that, so he won't need Tommy John, although I do, I still think in my mind he really needs Tommy John. And I really feel like it could work either way. It could either work good for him or it could like really totally mess him up. I've heard pitchers who have had Tommy John before and have been had really good careers afterwards. Have had like been dominant since then. But there have been stories too where um they had Tommy John and really messed them up. It also depends on who the surgeon is. And that's probably why Chris Sale isn't really wanting to have Tommy John because he heard the stories of the Tommy Johns didn't go right. But he's going to be out for a while. And that's why the Red Sox went out and got a sort of starting pitcher on reliever in former Astros pitcher Colin McHugh. So, yeah. It's for that. That's the deal. So that's basically news. We're still waiting for possibly the what the MLB investigation found out 
at this rate, I'm already just just saying whenever. Just they, they whenever they say anything, we'll let you know. We'll let you know the dealings. But it's almost kind of looking like that they could get exonerated. At least somewhat exonerated. They might just get slapped on the rest penalties. But still, it's what 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 USA Today basically uh, found out that um, what they're finding in this, uh, they're not really finding any like anything really like no evidence of really cheating or at the level of what the Houston Astros were doing. The Houston Astros, yeah, and that's what Jeff Passan said was talking about in Section Ten when like Alex Cora got fired and like their and uh Car- Jared Carabas. Coley Meg and Steve Parole were trying to talk to him via phone. Basically, like, he was kind of saying, like, what the Red Sox were doing, yeah, it's like cheating. But what the Astros doing was cheating. Emphasis on the cheating. Like, over the top, like, at another level cheating. And some of these Red Sox players, like, even former Red Sox players on that team and front office people saying, like, they might not find anything. They probably won't find anything. I mean, seriously, we, we probably might get clean. We will get clean. Either somebody's story is not adding up or something like that, or I don't know. But it's looking like they're not really finding really any whole ton of evidence on the 2018 Red Sox. So maybe exoneration, but we don't know yet. We'll find out once the investigation, but we'll let you know what they find. Any other Red Sox news? Speak now forever. Hold your peace. All right. All right, Bruins news. All right. So nothing really much. This mainly games so far. The last time we talked. Let me fire this up. Let me turn this off for a little bit. All right. So the last time they talked. They just played the Islanders and won that game 4 nothing, And then they started back. They didn't play for another two days. And then they went down the t- went down and started their Florida trip and played first the Lightning and then the Florida Panthers. And it looks like the first game was pretty close, but eventually thanks to Brad, a goal, by gold by Brad Marchand and Jake DeBrusque, Although Stevens of the Lightning did have a goal to kind of like even it or make it a little bit close, but the Bruins held on for the dub, a win that they really did needed against a team that is chasing them in the Atlantic Division right now, and won that game two to one. So good that added their points and increased their win streak to uh, three games. Then they play, went down to Miami, Florida, or Sunrise, Florida, which is like around the Miami area. And they uh, played against game against the Florida Panthers and won that game 2-1 to one in OT. A goal by Rieger of the Panthers in the second period made it 1-0 Panthers. Then Bergeron scored a goal, goal in the second period. And then no goals in the third period. And then in OT, Crew basically put it away, getting his ninth goal of the season and winning it in overtime. Awesome. Bruins win, and they sweep the Florida, or at least the Florida Florida trip as they head back home and end the road trip. And then tonight, 
a hard-fought battle. They did dig themselves in a free-nothing hole to begin with, but then goals by Mac or McAvoy in the second period, and then a really great goal, or like a goal that they had to go and review, but eventually they overturned it and turned it into a goal for Sean Corral in the second period. Um, and then a Pasternak goal, his uh, 48th goal of the season, the third period. But still, the Bruins lost to the Lightning, and yeah, 5-4. to four. Hard-fought battle. It was kind of, they did, they, yeah, as I said, they did get themselves in a hole in the first and second period, but they still found a way to fight back and make it a little interesting until the end, until they let an empty netter go, and that was basically, yeah, kind of dagger. So still. So right now, they are still leading the Atlantic Division, but their now lead is now, or a decrease, it's now a seven points now ahead of the Lightning in the Atlantic Division. And probably leading the, yeah. In the Eastern Conference, they are still leading, but yeah, it's, yeah, they're still being trailed by the Lightning at this point. And then they are still the best team in the NHL. But yeah, the light, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, getting close. Yeah. wonder what is, do they have a magic number or something like that? I think if they get to 100, couldn't that be it? Oh. Uh, no, that's not what I'm Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else for Bruins news? Speak now, forever hold your peace. I should just start saying that now. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Nope. Okay. Celtics news. All right. Celtics news. So they kind of fallen off since uh, last Saturday, as they lost to the Rockets at home. So, yeah. So, let's see. Tuesday, they played the... Um, I can't talk. I just have brain fart right there. Um, They played the Brooklyn Nets, a division rival. And they looked like they were almost going to win in the second... Or in the fourth... Heading into the fourth quarter, they looked like they were going to win, but... Thanks to Karis LeVert of the Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> and since Jason Tatum and pretty much all of our, yeah. Jason Tatum and all, pretty much we had lost ours go out too. And we made dumb calls. Um, we led a 20-something point lead. And even Gordon Hayward said after the game, we if we did not put the gas pedal on, we could have honestly won the game. But we decided to take our gas, put off the gas pedal, and then they came back in. And that's what exactly what happened. They came back in, forced it in overtime, and Karis LeVert wielded his team by scoring 51 points and won the game in overtime, 129 to 120, two-game losing streak. Then they went to the Cavaliers the next night on March the 4th and held them off with no, pretty much none of their star players were all out except for Jason Tatum, who kind of scored another 30-point performance again. But they beat the Cavaliers at the Rocket Mortgage 
arena or market new Rocket Mortgage arena or center as the Celtics won 112 to 106. So yeah, then they played last night against the Jazz, and the Jazz did something that since they haven't done in literally since the days with John Stockton and Carl Malone, as they have basically have won the past multiple meetings at the in Boston against the Celtics as the Celtics did not show offensively and the 30 point wins or 30 point uh streak for uh Jason Tatum ended as the rock or as the Jazz won 94 or 99 to 94. Yeah. Conley had a night too, yeah. Probably the star player for the Celtics was uh Marcus Smart, the birthday boy. Yeah. Yeah, but still, yeah, there was really no off. And they also gave up, like, basically, yeah, after they gave up that, like, 19-point lead and the Jazz went on to a 19-point run in the second, first and second quarter, there was basically really not a lot going on for the Celtics. They did have some streaks, but then they had some streaks where they didn't score. And that's kind of was the bad thing, so, yeah. So, next game is... Tomorrow at 5 p.m. my time against the Oklahoma City Thunder, another team that's kind of battling for a playoff spot and in the playoff hunt right now or in one of the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, the sixth seed right now in the East or a Western Conference. So, yeah, they're kind of battling for it too. Yeah. Another tough team. The last time we had the basically had to hold them off the last time we went to OKC, so – we know what we're going to expect. We should know what we are going to expect from the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Am I kind of worried about the Celtics a little bit? I don't know. This is kind of the dog days or the dog day month of the NBA. Beware of the eyes of March. The owls of March, yeah. Yeah, Julius Caesar. And we're kind of, and so far, so good, or so far, or just so far, yeah. Beware the Isles of March. Yeah. But it's still early. I mean, we can basically turn this around. So we just need to, because right now we need the battle for that second seed in the, or in the Eastern Conference. Because that will be good if we get the, either the second seed. That would be legit. Yeah, just home court advantage and stuff like that. It just – it also depends on who we're playing, too. Like, if we get the second seed, then, yeah, I meant I'd be smooth sailing from there. But still, yeah, we still need to keep fighting. Still a lot more season left. And if the they want to beat the Jazz on Friday night, they would have clinched a playoff spot last night. But also, you had to take into account, too, that the Washington – uh, Wizards also won last night, and that screwed things over too. It's kind of one of those like um, win or lose kind of situations. Any Notre Dame news? Not a lot. Kind of a quiet week so far in Notre Dame football. All right, so when we come back, we're gonna do um, a. Uh, Trivia questions, and then uh, basically uh, do a little like segment, non-Boston sports, not sports related um, segment. 
So don't go anywhere. We are back. All right. So start off with trivia questions. Um, name the starting righty and lefty pitcher on the old Fenway team. All right, it's Pedro Martinez and Lefty Grove. I wonder who's Lefty. Who was a Lefty hand? I mean, we should guess Lefty. What if he's not Lefty, or what if he is named Lefty Grove and he's not really a left-handed pitcher? That would be funny. <laughs> that would actually be funny. I'm an oxymoron. <laughs> All right, next question. This is for the Bruins. I forgot that was the Red Sox question right there, so yeah. All right, for the Bruins, what was the cap – who was the captain of the Bruins from 1927 to 1928 or from the 1927-1928 season to the 1930-31 season? Lionel Hitchman. Heck, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Lionel Hitchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, for the Patriots. Excuse me. Um, what player scored a long or scored a team leading ten touchdowns? For the AFC champion Patriots in the 2017 season. Running back Deion Lewis, he scored six touchdowns on the ground, three catching passes. And one on a kickoff return. Oh, I remember that game. Wasn't that against the Broncos? Oh, I remember that game. I can't remember watching it. <laughs> I remember kind of like falling in VS um, on my computer. Yeah, that's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Celtics? All right. How many times did Kevin McHale win the NBA six-man award which six man award is basically the best uh, bench player coming off the bench? He won it twice in the 1983-1984 season. And then once again, the next season, the 1984 1990 or 1984-1985 season. So one of two years in a row. <sighs> I wonder who was the last one, last Celtic to do it. Yeah. All right. So lastly, Nerd Day football. 
Can you name who the last uh, Notre Dame football Heisman or Notre Dame football player to win the Heisman? And name the year. Do, 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 do. All right, it was Tim Brown, who and he won it in 1987. Yes, literally almost 30 years. We have never had a Heisman Trophy winner. Although, although it. Matt Titan almost became the first, although he got beat up by Johnny Manzo in 2012. Oop. Well, kind of looking back at it now, kind of finding out how a little bit kooky Matt Titan was. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to make sure he never gets. I mean, at the same time, he played really good. He came up on big plays and stuff like that defensively and stuff like that, and it was a shame that. Things like that, or that incident kind of turned out pretty sour. You kind of had us all fooled. You already had everybody fooled. <laughs> yeah. Imagine her girlfriend. Yeah, if you don't, you didn't know what happened there, please look it up. I mean, I mean it's kind of a little funny, but a little sad at the same time, too. Yeah. All right, so let's get into... You into the non Boston sports, non sports related segment. All right. So I have like way back in 2018, like in December or so, like I posted on my personal Twitter page, which you don't know is at junkyard dog underscore 92, which we'll have in the details of the episode. So back on December the 27th, 2018, I came up with a list of my favorite movie slash miniseries from 1 to 25 in that order. So kind of like a top 25 rankings in college sports. All right. <clears throat> so before I get right down to it, as miniseries as it is, they're like, as you can kind of say, they're kind of like movies, but a 10-part movie is what I'm trying – or 10-part movie. So kind of like something like Band of Brothers, like one something like that. Like just it's ten, it's like a show, but it's kind of like a movie at the same time too. Like it's a ten part movie. All right. For first off, my number one movie, which we have a picture in the living room right now, on the left hand side of the my entertainment center, and it is the movie everybody's favorite Boston uh cop drama movie. Done by Martin Scorsese's, as as you all know, The Departed, The Departed. Which, if you don't know the story about it, it is kind of based off a little bit of the Boston gangster from the 1970s and 80s called Whitey Bulger, and this is kind of the story of it too, how he uh, yeah and stuff like that. So it's but set in modern day, which is like 2006. So they still have they're still using flip phones and stuff like that. But get into the story, um. So, Jack Nicholson, who is supposed to be the Bulger character of uh, the gangster Frank Costello, the Irish mobster, um, basically at the same time, basically uh, did what he did with uh, John Conley, but this character is Colin Sullivan, uh, which is Matt Damon's character. He basically takes him under his wing, basically as a kid, and basically trains him, and then 
gets him or gets him to the point where like he'll join the Boston Police Department as a cadet and basically get in and basically be like kind of infiltrate the whole uh, Boston Police Department to the point where like he is kind of like basically the rat. Basically, he is like giving Costello information. He's tipping them off, like telling them and stuff like that, and like getting one step ahead of the police. And um, it also like, and this is why the police department or Boston PD had to do something about it. So they uh, find this one dude who is a uh, um, Bill Koskin, which is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so he ba- they try to find out if he really is a cop or not, and then they found out or get this idea of, hey, how about you want to prove yourself? We'll make we'll make up some bogus crime that you did. We'll kick you out of the police department. We'll send you to jail. You can be victim of a crime, as I said, assault and battery. And then once you get out, you'll be able to like kind of like do your kind of act like you're doing your own crime and stuff like that, and like kind of make criminal activities to the point where like those people are kind of taking notice and thinking, let's recruit this dude. And then you'll be able to infiltrate Costello's ring gain his trust and basically relay information so we can build a case to take him down. But it finds out later in the film that like they find out that there is a rat and they can't, but they don't know if it is uh, Sullivan or not, or a Matt Damon's character. They don't find out until basically the end, like way in the end that it's him. And pretty much, yeah, spoiler, pretty much everybody dies. <laughs> except, yeah, except Matt Damon or except, um, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's in it. Uh, Cap or uh, Sergeant Diggum is. <laughs> Where's Diggum? He's Costello's rat. <laughs> yeah, spoiler right, right. Yeah, spoiler alert right there. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, it is a good movie. But at the same time, it's one of those movies where they drop the f bomb and drop every curse word like every like twenty seconds. <laughs> it's still a good movie. The reason I still like it too. One, it takes place in Boston, and two, it's got my favorite song, which is the theme song to this show, as in I'm shipping up to Boston by Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, that basically, and surprisingly, it won an Academy Award. But what I've been hearing about the whole Academy Awards that year that it got nominated, the movies that they nominated were so bad. That this is, yeah, this is the, war, or like the better of the two. Yeah, this is the better of the bunch, basically. But yeah, I like the movie. I mean, it's one of those bad movies that it's not really the most spectacular movie of all time. But still, it's one of those movies where you want to watch it again. And it is my favorite. I still like it. I mean, yes, it's not like something like a Lord of the Rings or something like that. But still, it is one of those movies I want to watch again and again. And I do like every uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, like the di- first day of the new year, I watch that movie. I did used to do it on the 30th of December, but things out of my control this year kind of made it so we had to push it back. I think January the 1st was a better year for me because I'm off work. And yeah, basically, yeah, everybody's off work, so I basically have the whole day to just basically just watch this entire movie from start to finish. All right. Number two is Anchorman, which is a comedy about a news um, station called the Channel 4 News Team. Yeah, that's why I named my uh, NHL hockey team the Channel 4 News Team because, yeah, after that, the whole Anchorman stuff. 
It's Channel 4 News. It's 6 o'clock. It's like a comedy. It's set back in like the 70s, like San Diego. Ron Burgundy, who is played by uh, Will Ferrell, is a hotshot uh, news anchor for Channel 4 News. It basically just gets a whole ton of ratings. It's like number one in the rankings, ratings in uh, San Diego uh, news and stuff like that. But it is a pretty funny uh, movie. In like one of those movies, yeah. But anyway, like they uh, get a female anchor, and that kind of like it, it's kind of like showing like how they deal are dealing with change at the same time, but trying to be funny at the same time. Yeah, they're dealing with like a time where like now women are now starting to do more stuff than just be in the kitchen and stuff like that, and that's kind of threatening the guys like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> You ripped my news. There's so many lines in that movie. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> the bad butted Baxter. <laughs> when I first watched that movie, like on, and that was when I remember it from Harlem Baseball because that was the only movie that our coach Nate Metzger would let us watch a Will Ferrell movie. Well, the only Will Ferrell movie he hates. Will Ferrell. He thinks he's one of the worst actors ever. Um, but that was the only Will Ferrell movie that he will let us watch, Anchorman, and then the first Anchorman, not the second one. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not sure that's on the list, but we'll find out. Um, so anyway, yeah, that that was the only uh, Will Ferrell movie that I watched, and that, and when I first watched it, like coming or coming back from a game in Iowa, was it Iowa? I think it, no, it was a uh, um, Augustana. Yeah, it was one of those D three schools that we played. Like we play their JV team, which is basically, if you don't know about Division Three NCAA D three teams, they're basically it's basically their team, basically of bench players. That's what they are referring to. Like we're playing their bench players, guys who are getting chance time or chance to play games, and this is their chance of playing and kind of prove, show the other teams, hey, maybe we'll give this guy a shot either this year or next year. So yeah. We beat them because, yeah, that's kind of like losing to a uh, high school team. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, so we come back and uh, Coach wants us to watch – or uh, we decide we should watch Anchorman on the bus ride home. Which, as and we wrote charter buses, so we got to watch the movie on the charter bus, yeah. and But seeing that the first time, I thought this is possibly one of the best movies I've seen in my entire life. It's funny. I mean, there were times where, like, I just – couldn't stop dying laughing because it was just so funny. Great Odin's Ravens. <laughs> the man put it Baxter. <laughs> you had selling those jokes sometimes too. People just start the man put it Baxter. <laughs> I'm in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talks that way about my city. All right. Moving on. At number three is 300. 300 as in based in the movie with uh, Gerard Butler. And it's about uh, the Battle of Formopoli. Or kind of like a adaptation. This is kind of more of a modern version of the Battle of Formopoli movie. Basically 300 Spartans. That faced up against, like, it was kind of like the Alamo of the ancient world, basically. They fought off against a whole army of Persians. 
and basically kind of like fought him to the last man at the time where they basically it very much took the entire Persian army just to wipe them all out. But they basically gave him a fight. And what I was kind of reading to and watching documentary too, they killed more Persians than the Persians killed the Spartans, which basically they killed all of them. <laughs> but basically they kind of made it so like it was tougher for them. It was kind of a moral victory for Sparta in the ancient Greek world. But this is kind of a modern version. And it was kind of a little inaccurate too. I mean, they were facing like stuff like monsters, like deformed humans. And it just, yeah, it didn't make any sense. I mean, it didn't really like, it was kind of more, but it was more like a guy movie. And it was pretty neat. And that was one of my top three movies. This is Sparta! <laughs> this is Sparta! He's person that greet me. This is Marcus! Kill the Persian messenger. Persian or Greek, no one kills a messenger. Alright. Number four is it's a mini series, but it's one of my favorite and one of my kind of like learning tools growing up. It kind of got me interested a little bit about World War II and more about the 101st Airborne and paratroopers, which we have a movie poster of the series on the right-hand side of the entertainment center overlooking the living room. It's called the uh, World War II miniseries or 10-part um, movie, as I should say, called Band of Brothers. Yes. So basically, it follows a story about uh, the guys from Easy Company – um, of the 506 Infantry Regiment during uh, all the way from uh, their training camp in uh, Camp Deco or uh, Camp Tacoa in Georgia all the way through D the D-Day landing or D-Day uh, jump Operation Market Garden during the invasion of uh, Holland during Bastogne, the Battle of the Bulge, and all the way up to when they uh, took over Hitler's Eagle Nest and liberated some of the concentration camps that they uh, – discovered yeah which they did an episode on that too the like second to last episode called why we fight and then they find out this is why we're fighting to stop madmen like this who are basically want are intentionally trying to wipe out an entire race of people yeah but it's pretty neat it's one of it, the score is so good storyline is so good i started watching the first seven episodes which we could have i was trying to possibly make it through the whole thing but it didn't really work out watch all 10 episodes but i'm still gonna been watch it though i'm been watching it now i started this morning and kind of wa watched while i'm working i mean learn the stories and the heroism of guys like dick winters carwood lipton bill garnier ronald spear um don lamar don larky buck compton and all those guys it's how like just how a group of guys like that, guys that like at the time were my age, my age, and are just doing incredible things, just incredible world saving things. And it's pretty neat. And that's why I like Banner Brothers. And that was kind of like that was kind of like my Lord of the Rings or my Harry Potter, my Star Wars kind of deal. That was kind of like my like things I like looking up. That was kind of like my goat trilogy or miniseries, Banner Brothers. You know the best thing about it is that actually happened. 
those guys were for real. Those guys were actual people, which pretty much all of them are now dead at this point. If they were alive today, would they be over a hundred years old? Especially someone like Dick Winters. I mean, he would he was born in nineteen eighteen. It's like twenty twenty. Yeah, so one hundred and two. Yeah, all right. So. All right, so we're going to talk about the Quiet Man, then we're going to take a quick break. But um, so the Quiet Man is a story, it's um, or it's a movie that came out in 1952, has John Wayne and um, Marion O'Hara in it, and it's basically the story about uh, how an Irish or a boxer that was born and raised in Ireland, uh, Sean Fortin, and uh, basically how like he uh, it doesn't. Sh- Tell until later in the movie that like during a boxing match he accidentally killed a dude, and this is why and that he was leaving for Ireland to kind of get away from all that stuff in America, so he decided to go back to his like actual hometown where he was actually from or born and raised in, in Ireland, and basically yeah, in his field or something like that, and then he wanted to buy the land from this like a uh, state nation which used to be his parents' estate or his uh, parents uh land that they used to own or the house or cabin or just but anyway yeah basically he falls in love with Marin O'Hara who happens to be related or the sister of the guy who's the antagonist of the show the squire yeah the squire the donkey or yeah it's basically yeah it's like a, looking at it now I mean seriously they could not make a move like that today in the fighting and the and there's kind of a little bit of a where there's some scenes where like uh John w- or John Wayne is basically kind of dragging. I mean, it's kind of like a kind of like a back and forth kind of relationship between him and uh, O'Hara. Yeah, they kind of like don't really get along, but in the end, they kind of do. But it's kind of like there are some times where like uh yeah, I can see some scenes where liberals can be pissed off about this movie. <laughs> Domestic abuse. <laughs> That's not how you treat a lady. We're having this movie banned. <laughs> Social justice, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so we'll take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to do... Uh, ooh. Wow. All right, so we'll do another 20-something minute segment of the movie. Ooh, I didn't really, yeah. Maybe we can try to get this through. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it really quickly. Um, we talk about Billy Madison, the movie. Um, Billy Madison is a... Crap. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to have a brain fart here. I'm trying to delegate what we're going to do. Um... Shoot. Uh, all right, yeah, let's go to the break. Crap, crap. All right, well, um, we're back. So, um, sorry, guys. Well, I did do a whole segment where we talked about my favorite films, top 25 films, but that time from 6 to 21. But apparently something happened, so it made it so... We weren't able to get that whole segment. So we're just going to run through this whole because sake of time. And basically I kind of want just a wrap show up too. I think this kind of gone all up. But I do apologize. Sometimes my computer sometimes will act like with the 
kind of Wi-Fi button or like Wi-Fi icon. It will sometimes act like, oh, the internet's not down. Wait, no, it isn't. And it's just turn off and on back and forth. But sometimes we'll do that while we're recording. And it stinks because when we get done recording and the internet's not down, then that means that segment is not going to fully record or really get recorded. Which stinks because we went through a whole segment when we went heart and soul through some of these movies. It's just total BS. And that's what I hate about this computer. It's great. It's great. It's small and mobile, but it's just at the same time, I hate it when it does stuff like that. Because honestly, you work so hard to film the set or record the segment and then it does this. So you know what? We're just run. We'll we'll just run off the entire like list of films, and we won't go into all the descriptions, all right? So at number one of the part is I said, number two, Anchorman. Number three, three hundred. Number four, Band of Brothers. Number five, The Quiet Man, a nineteen fifty two film. Number six, Billy Masson. Number seven, Newt Rockney, All American, nineteen forty film. Number eight, Happy Gilmore. Number ten, number nine, Battleground, nineteen forty nine. Number ten, uh, wa- number ten, Waterboy. Number eleven, Black Mass. Number twelve, The Pacific. Number thirteen, Step Brothers. Number fourteen, uh, Gettysburg. Number fifteen, Major League. Number sixteen, The Longest Day, the nineteen sixty two film. Number 17, the SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie, the first one. Number 18, the Wind That Shakes the Barley. Number 19, Major League Two. Number 20, Semi-Pro. Number 21, Defiance. Number 22, Michael Collins. Number 23, SpongeBob SquarePants, the second movie, The Sponge Out of Water. Uh, number 24, Horrible Bosses, and number 25, Patriot's Day. Sorry we couldn't go into a whole description of the rest of the films except the first five, but we were going to do a whole description of some, or at least a little bit of a description of some of those films, but something out of our control really made it so we didn't do it. So I do apologize for that. I just apologize that you only got, like, descriptions for five movies, the top five movies. I kind of want to do all descriptions for 25 but something out of my control made it so that didn't happen. Just stinks. Yeah. All right. Let's go over fans and stats and we'll wrap the show up. Getting late. All right. The average Joe's NBA team. All right. So right now I am losing. You know what? I just won't. We'll we'll, re, we'll regroup and come back next week for uh, fantasy stats. Uh, that really screwed everything up. I'm pissed. 
All right, so any Twitter questions? up thank you guys so much for listening thank you for giving this opportunity to share and keep doing what i love subscribe rate and review on apple itunes give us a five star review if you can follow the show on spotify i mean follow the show on twitter at podcast royal then follow the show on uh follow my twitter page at junkyard dog underscore 92 um follow the show on instagram at royal rooters 1992 and then follow, we're now on TikTok now. So now you get some dances, yeah. Um, follow the show on TikTok at um, basically the same as the Instagram, uh, Roy Rooters1992. You should follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from. doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, that about do it. See you guys next Saturday. Banyana. Hold on. Sorry. What the hell? There. Sorry about that. What the hell? For God's sakes. What are we doing? Sorry, guys, for the inconvenience. I don't know what is going on. I had this working before. And come tell me, son, no fair, and tell go. me why you hurry so. Hush a buckle, hush and listen, and his cheeks were all aglow. I bear orders from the captain, get you ready, cooking soon. For the boys must be together by the rising of the moon. By the rising of the moon, by the rising of the moon. For the lights must be together by the rising of the moon. And come tell me, son, no Barrel where the gathering's going to be At the old spot by the river Quite well known to you and me One more word for signal token Whistle of the marching tune With your bike upon your shoulder By the rising of the moon By the rising of the moon By the rising of the moon With your bike upon your shoulder By the rising of the moon Out from Minium at Wall Cabin, I was watching through the night. 
many a man the heart was beating for the blessed morning light. Murmurs rang along the valleys to the fancy's lonely crew. And a thousand pikes were flashing by the rising of the moon. By the rising of the moon. By the rising of the moon. And a thousand pikes were flashing by the rising of the moon. That singing river, that black mass of men was seen. High above their shining weapons flew their own beloved green. Death to every foe and traitor, whistle of the marching tune. And for the boys for freedom, tis the rising of the moon. Tis the rising of the moon, tis the rising of the moon. And for the boys for freedom, tis the rising of the moon. Tis the rising of the moon, tis the rising of the moon. Don't you man say anything? Oh. <sighs> 